right. So the first thing I usually ask people just uh, is when you have, if you have free time, uh, what do you like to do in your free time? Or if that's like not a thing for you these days, what would you like to do? Uh, if you had free time, <laughs> I mean, I play a lot of video games. Uh, I mm-hmm. would maybe like to be doing something else. Like I'd like to be reading more. That's and I'm okay. actually happier when I am. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't know. I'm often drawn to video games. But then lately I've been having this problem where I just I can't find a game that actually engages me. And I just drift from game to like every night. I'm like, what do I play? I don't know. Mm. Then I boot up something old or I buy something new and I play a little bit. I'm like, ah, this is boring. <laughs> it's just asking me to do the same old shit and then yeah, i yeah, yeah. you know run out of time and then i'm like why do i why what am i what am i doing with this hobby <laughs> well what's the last game that like really engaged you uh right now i'm playing destiny 2 which is a game that mm. i have in the past felt like i'm so bored by this game why is this game even asking me to do this stuff this is a waste of time but then sure. the new campaign just came out and i was like let me give it a try and i started playing it and i was like you know I am having a nice relaxing time just shooting things and making the numbers go up and the and the yeah. uh, story is better than it had been in the past. But that's not super engaging. What was the last game that really really engaged me? Um I mean I I definitely had a great time in Hades. Uh mm. just just you know got through to the end. I think I you know beat it like 12 times or so. Mm. Didn't see all the all the content nearly, but I did, you know, see enough of it. Um, and that was definitely, I want to play one more. I really like the story. This is really working and I feel fulfilled when I'm playing it, you know? Um, sure, sure, sure. Uh, and then like, you know, I play, I've played a lot of souls games and those, Mm. you know, I think really, really do it for me just in terms of, I'm like all the way in mentally and I'm feeling challenged and I'm feeling curious and, you know, I can lose three hours to it uh, and I want to keep going back and playing it. You know, I have not played every single one of them because I have I kind of OD'd on the format a little bit. Sure, um, sure. So I have. Yeah, but you know, like like Sekiro last year. I was like, yes, this game is fantastic for me, you know. Mm, yeah. Hades, uh, my wife has been playing a lot. That's like all she's been playing and she's been really trying to get me to play and it's not that i need convincing it's just that uh i i find that once i get sucked into a game that's really all i do for a very long time (laughs) which uh you know is fine but like i can get super super focused and get completely lost in it and that's all i want to do in my free time which is fine like it seems it sounds like you uh, it sounds like video games are like your primary, one of your primary hobbies, at least. I knew that already going into this. But. I would say one of my, pri- I would say one of my primary hobbies, you know, and I think the, fe- the, the, uh, the feeling of it's a fine line, right? Between when mm. are you wasting time and when aren't you wasting time? And, and does it feel, is it bad when you get sucked in by a game? I have this conversation with people where they say, oh, I can't play games. I get sucked in by them. I never want to do anything else. And I'm like, yeah, that's the point. <laughs> like it's <laughs> yeah, it's fun yeah, yeah. to do an activity that makes you forget yourself and for sure and and, and you know wraps you up and you forget about the work you're supposed to be doing and that's relaxation to do that uh to oh, yeah. to stop being yourself for a little bit and to enter a new 
headspace. But now, of course, there's the opposite thing. There's the opposite problem with video games, which is that, you know, video games present you with this false achievement. Um, actually, sometimes mm. it's a real achievement because like speed running, when people speed run, that's a real achievement. You know, the th- sure. things I've done in a, in a Souls game. Right. When I've I've beaten, you know, I feel like beating the Souls games is a real achievement. There are moments where I transcended myself like, wow, I did something I never thought I could do. And that's as real as, you know, like running really fast or something, you know, like, oh, my God, I beat my personal record in running. You know, we know that that's a meaningless achievement, but it's still worth something. And sometimes video games do that. But sometimes video games just give you like a false achievement that wasn't really hard. (laughs) You're just like Mm -hmm. chasing. This activity. Chasing numbers or chasing yeah. milestones. And, See, and, I'm all about that shit, though. <laughs> and you can, and, and that, yeah, if you do that, you can end up not chasing real achievements in your life um, because you, you don't so be chasing true. this false thing. And so that can be bad, but you only you can decide which it is, you know, whether whether you're sure. playing them in an unhealthy way or not. And I'm sometimes not sure because I'm like, maybe I should just go cold turkey and like do some hobbies like take up fucking pottery or something you know I'm like oh that sounds really right, soothing right. and nice um but yeah it's weird but would you enjoy pottery as much as you enjoy video games maybe i don't know i've been watching this show the great pottery throwdown on hbo max uh i recommend okay. it it's You've seen the Great Great British Bake Off. I have seen the Great British Bake Off. Yes. It's the Great Brit- British Bake Off. Exactly. It's exactly the same show. It, it's, even, it's even British. Like it's, British. It's British. It's the same everything. production company. Like you, I see. you would call that it a ripoff, except it's the same people making the show, um, and it's the same except they're making pottery instead of cakes. And for me, this is so much better because I don't particularly like cakes. Uh, it's just mm. I I like pastries. I bake bread. That's a hobby of mine. I'm bre- baking bread, but I'm not into cakes. I'm not into all the floral arranging part of it. You know where it's like uh, I'm not into the sculpture bit of it. And also, I find it unsatisfying to watch that show because you can't eat the cakes. So I'm like, I fundamentally can't judge what it is being <laughs> judged on with the pottery. I can because it's a physical aesthetic object uh, that they're sure. making. And so I can look at it and go, oh, yeah, that looks nice. And then the judges look at it and say, that looks nice. And we can both be on the same page because they're not they, they're not like accessing information about the flavor that I don't have access to because I'm only watching on television, which frustrates me. So I've been watching this show and going like, oh, yeah, this is nice. It's, uh, you know, uh, pottery is you. It's a very basic aesthetic activity. You know, you mm-hmm. you just sort of see the pot come out and you judge it immediately. Is it a nice pot or a not nice pot? Like there's not um, it's like a very the aesthetics are very simple. Does that make sense? Like when you're playing a game, sure, for sure. example, or a movie, watching a movie, you're thinking about, well, does it look beautiful? But also, was it engaging? Did it have a story to tell? How is it situated within the broader uh, you know, the broader narrative of games that are coming out right now. Does it have something new to say? Does this movie, is it making an artistic statement or da, da, da? And you know, there's all this complex stuff. When you're looking at pottery, it's like, does the pot look nice? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. That's basically it. Do I like looking at it? If so, it's good. <laughs> so, so that missing information of the lack of being able to taste just frustrates you. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, very much yeah. so. Um, but so as a real, I thought like maybe it'd be fun to just get into this sort of simple aesthetic activity and like learn to make a pot and then try to get a little bit better at it. It seems very meditative, meditative. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Have you so, learned, uh, a lot of new pottery 
terminology or uh, tricks of the trade through a this, little uh, bit. Yeah, I have pottery a little, show. I've learned that you can use slip, which is a mixture of clay and water, to adhere different pieces of clay together. It's like a clay okay. glue. You learn about the glazes and how glazes change color. So like they'll paint a glaze mm. on the pot and then when they don't know what color it's going to be until they fire it, which is pretty cool. Or like, you know, it doesn't it looks different when you apply it mm. and then you fire it and mm. it turns a different color. Uh, yeah. So I've, I've gotten a little bit gotten a little bit out of it for sure. OK, uh, going back to uh, the what is in your mind is like an example of like a false achievement. Uh, in a video game oh uh like what are some that like make you think man that actually wasn't really anything at all um you know like i was playing um ghost of tsushima okay and, and i don't like this game <laughs> okay okay <laughs> i've not played it because it does this it's a big it's an open world game you've played an open world game you've played like mm -hmm. a ubisoft game it's one of sure. these you know and the map is covered with stuff to check off. Uh, mm, you know, right. it's, it's uh, like you follow, you find a fox den and then you follow the fox to a little shrine. And uh, when you do that, it gives you a buff. You know, it gives you um, mm -hmm. more health or more, uh, I think, resolve points or whatever they're called. Um, mm. But doing that is not, in fact, challenging in any way. Sure. Uh, sure. And so you just you just do the thing and you follow the instructions um, and you get the bonus. And so it you know, it's time consuming to do all of those. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, it it has a pretty little reward to it. You know, like you might find the you might find it compelling to go do it again and again um, in order to power up the character. But there's nothing yeah. like to the activity. Uh, and so that, that's like, yeah, that's a pretty, pretty basic. Is the example. combat at least good in the game? The combat's okay. I've been, mm. um, I listen to the waypoint podcast about video games, like almost obsessively. Mm. Like I listen to every single minute of, of it every week and they do like six sure. hours a week. I spend more time listening to this podcast than I do playing video games, quite frankly. Sure. Uh, sure, sure. <laughs> listen to them talk about it and they were describing the combat as good. And I was like, yeah, I guess it's good. It's like responsive. And it's, you know, it's kind of crunchy, but I also find it fundamentally dull because it's like, OK, mm. you there's the shield guys to fight the shield guys. You need to switch to the shield breaker stance and then press heavy attack twice. And then you've broken their defenses and then you can, uh, you know, whittle down their actual health. And while you do um, that, you you know, there might be other guys attacking. There might be bow guys. And then you have to dodge the the bow attacks when you hear them pull as you do this. But it feels very formulaic. You know, it doesn't feel like I'm uh, learning to use any set of tools in a complex way. It feels like I'm it feels like a game of rock, paper, scissors where it's telling me what it's throwing first. You know, it's Sounds like a little Assassin's Creed -y in that way, from what I remember of Assassin's Creed. I've not played much Assassin's Creed, but I would say, yes, this game feels like a lot like those games. Like it feels I like see. there's nothing new in the game, you know. Sure. Um, whereas the, you know, the Souls games and I'm, yes, I'm one of those guys who's always just going to say, oh, here's why Dark Souls is better. But <laughs> I, <laughs> I feel like it's thrusting me into this situation with these enemies um, and giving, you know, I have my set of tools uh, that I can choose, and I need to figure out how to deal with these enemies. 
given those tools, you know, mm-hmm. and it's not so immediately here's how to do it. Um, I've got to be like, you know, careful. I've have to, I have to like, think about it. I've got to come up with a strategy. Am I going to stay far away and, and, you know, kite them around or am I going to, you know, learn to parry or whatever. Um, then by contrast, Sekiro, for example, is actually different from what I just described. Did you play Sekiro? Have you played Souls games at all? I have played Demon Souls along the original Demon wow. Souls. Wow, that's the only one you played. Uh, so that's the only one I've played. Yeah, I I'm very behind on the Souls uh, I, phenomenon. I got Demon Souls a couple of years ago because I played Dark Souls and I had a PS3 and I was like, let me get Demon Souls because they were about to shut down the online servers. Um, I was like, mm. let me give this a try. And I played a little bit of it, but having just played Dark Souls, it felt like I was moving backwards a little bit. And and so for I, didn't, sure. I didn't I was like mostly just want to try it for historical interest because I, I missed it yeah. entirely. I, I didn't play the first Dark Souls until Dark Souls three was already out and Bloodborne was already out. So mm. I was I was late on it as well. But they're incredibly rewarding games. Um, but what I was going to say is the big difference with Sekiro, which is one of these games by From Software, um, is that mm-hmm. in. Dark Souls and Bloodborne, it gives you all this latitude you can use to, like, what I just said, to figure out how you're going to approach the enemies, you know? In Sekiro, you don't have that latitude. You're basically just doing it the way that they want you to do it. Like, the game forces you to parry. Mm, Um, These enemies have these, like, very fast attacks. You have to parry, 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 and you have to, like, learn the timing. And it's difficult, and you have to, like, practice at it. And so it ends up feeling like you're learning a skill. And there are moments in the game mm. where, I said this before, and I'll say it again, I I literally felt like I transcended myself, where I was fighting the enemy, and I was like, <laughs> how do how do I do this? Like, he's, like, got all these attacks. I have to, like, get the timing down so carefully. Clang, 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 clang. And I mess up once, and I get killed, and I just can't do this, and, like, you know, etc. And then I went, Okay, let me. I was fighting this guy for like an hour and a half. I was like, I can't do this. And then I was on stream at the time, so I have a clip of this. I said, Okay, I'm just gonna try one more time and then I'm gonna go to bed. And then that one time, I perfectly killed this enemy. Mm. I, he did not hit me once. I, I like parried every time I needed to parry. Every time he did the sweep attack, I jumped when I needed to and I punished him, you know, and hit him at the right moment. And when I beat him, I was like, I can't believe I did that. I don't know where it came from. But the hours sure. that I had spent practicing the techniques caused it to come out of me in this way I didn't expect. And that was really cool. That feels like, that's, first of all, that's, that's a profound experience to have. So it's worthwhile. It's not just mm-hmm. you know chasing the fox to the shrine and pressing the square button so that you get the buff. It's like an actual sure. profound experience. And it's transmissible to other skills you might have you know like that i'm like oh yeah that sort of has a resonance with all the practice i put into uh doing stand-up and then sometimes a skill comes out of me when i'm in that performance situation that i don't expect and maybe Mm -hmm. i can take that and remember that next time i'm practicing something difficult um so you're getting something larger out of it um which makes it feel like a real achievement, not a false achievement. And even at its basis level, it's reflexes, right? Like you're even just training your reflexes to mm-hmm. like, for that sort of thing. Yeah, you actually uh, have it, to you have to get good at something. And you know, you you sure. do in you do in Ghost of Tsushima as well. I don't want to d- downrate that because I think the combat you do have to sort of get skilled at it. But I found sure. it dull. Maybe because I had been trained on Sekiro so much, and Sekiro is much harder. Mm. Maybe that was part of why I found it dull. It sounds like the same because I I mean I have not played a lot of the Souls games, but it sounds like the same sort of 
rush you get when you do a perfect run in, say, like a rhythm game. Have you? Are, do you play any rhythm games? I have played them. I don't play them that much, but yes, I think it would be. I think it would be similar. Absolutely. And yeah, a rhythm game. You're like practicing something. You know, we can Absolutely. debate how valuable. Someone might say, "Well, why don't you practice?" Something you can make money at. Well, that's that's a boring debate. But um, but you, what we can agree, you are getting good at something, you know? Yes. And in the, especially with rhythm, because I, I do enjoy rhythm games quite a bit. And uh, in those, there is a definite sense of progression of, oh, like I can play expert level songs perfectly. Whereas yeah. when I started out, I could not even touch an expert song. You feel there. So I, I do agree with you that a lot of games don't really have that sense of like, actual ah yes i have gotten substantially better it's more so like i'm curious if you if there are any open world games you enjoy because i find a lot of open world games have that sort of very similar design which i don't necessarily hate the idea of like here's a giant map and a lot of little things to get and you get a little better and a little better and a little better but are there any that you actually like in that are in that vein? Of course. Can you guess which one I'm gonna say? Oh God, is there some? Uh... Wait, Dark Souls is an open world. game. No, it's not. It? I wouldn't call it an open world game in this style. Okay, okay, okay. What 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 is it? Is Breath of the Wild? Is I would say. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, right. Okay. I feel yeah. like it's almost too obvious to say, <laughs> but but Breath of the Wild is is so good. And the weird thing about Breath of the Wild is that when it came out, I thought. They're just doing the open world thing. Like you're literally climbing a tower like you do in Far Cry. You know, mm-hmm. you're you're uh, riding a horse like you do in Red Dead Redemption. You know, sure. like what's fresh about this? But something in the execution of that game is so special that makes it transcend the genre. Um, mm-hmm. And God, I mean, books should be written on what it was that they did that made that game so special. But like. So that game has stuff like I was complaining about in Ghost of Tsushima, right, where uh, it's, you know, the map is covered in things. And when you find the things, your character powers up. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. But the things that you find are a delightful. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. it's not just some little shrine. Um, B novel they're often different every time you find them you know like where are the koroks hiding you know uh, uh, like some are very rote but others are like oh my gosh they hid in such an ingenious place um and the shrines are all different every single shrine is different in the game um and is like designed in a way that you know was designed by a level designer who was thinking about how to make it different and ingenious and clever and fun you know um uh and you feel like you discovered it yourself in most discoveries in that game because mm-hmm. some and part of that is like the atmosphere and the 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 design and the music and like the sort of like incredible feeling aesthetic feeling pervading the game and then part part of it is you literally did discover it yourself there's much less quest giving in that game where right. uh you know like in Ghost of Tsushima when you see the fox den there's all these tools it uses press swipe up on the touchpad to be led to the nearest fox den. And mm. if you or when you see it, you know exactly what they look like because they all look the same. Oh, I see a fox. It's glowing because all the foxes are glowing and it will lead me right. to the shrine. And it's just like done in this way where there's no mystery or magic to it, where, you know, 
uh, Breath of the Wild, there's just there's just things scattered throughout the world, but they're not drawing attention to themselves. It feels like they're just lying there, you know, and mm-hmm. then you stumble across them and you you follow your own curiosity. You're like, oh, what's that tree up on that hill? I'm curious. Like, why would yeah, a single yeah. tree be standing alone? That cer- that certainly certainly draws my attention. And then you have to you make your way over there. It starts raining. You can't climb the rock face. You have to go around, or you know, you set something on fire to get the updraft to the top of the tree, or whatever method you use to get there. And then when you get there, you're surprised by what you find. Like maybe it's a treasure chest. Maybe it's a korok. Maybe it's a, a you know a a way to unlock a shrine. Um, it's got this sense of surprise and delight to it sure uh, yeah yeah some some of my best memories in that game are you know discovering a town for the first time right yeah like, there's the one on the coast where yes. you know you know you just when you f- discover it, you're like oh shit it's you know and it was a nighttime and so it's just it's this vivid memory in my mind of you know actual discovery like you said and i do like that in that game there isn't like a let's say like a Bioshock arrow pointing, and I love Bioshock, but it's like not pointing yeah. to the way you need to go. And everyone has also different uh, stories on how they tackled the temp or the not the temples, but the divine beasts, right? Yeah, like I, like you can tackle them in pretty much any order, I believe. Because mm-hmm. uh, I remember I tackled. I think the was it the desert one? There was one that was very hard, and I that's the like... one I did first too. Yeah, I did the Gerudo Desert first. Um, yeah, which is the sort of weirdest portion of actually no, I would say that Death Mountain is actually weirder in terms of like what that area is like. But the yeah. desert is like very extreme. And I remember talking to friends at the time, and they were like, "Oh, you didn't go to um, Kakariko Village?" And oh, actually, I did go to Kakariko Village first, but they're like, "Oh, you didn't do the water one first? Like that's yeah, really... a lot of people do the water one first, yeah." Which I did that one maybe third, I think. I think that was right for me too. Um, but yeah, it's like the game sort of subtly leads you towards doing the water one because it's closest to Kakariko Village, and uh, mm-hmm. that's sort of where the the general design is sort of pushing you. But I was like, "No, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go do." do Gerudo and uh yeah it was it was great to be able to do that I found when so I think actually one of my best game of the year so I was thinking last year Giant Bomb asked me to write a game of the year list and I've been thinking this month Mm. I'm like what would I write this year like I I actually have not had great experiences playing a lot of new games all my best experiences have been like during quarantine I went back and played Breath of the Wild I finished it like I I Mm. finished all the shrines I hadn't done um and one of them was literally one of the last shrines I did was I found a stable that was right by the plateau where you start the game. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it turned out that there's a stable right next to it that, like, is, I guess, maybe supposed to be the first one that you find. And it was mm-hmm. literally the last one that I found. And I and wow. I was like, I, I literally missed. I played this game for 100 hours. I missed a stable and a shrine right by the starting location the entire game. Like I was stunned that that happened. Um, and that I think speaks to how great the game is that like you can play for hundreds of hours and not just like have more stuff to do, but sure. have more like revelatory discoveries to make like um, uh, more, more secret layers to find like do you remember there's an area that's like the i think it's called the lost temple or something and it's at the end of the big canyon there's like this giant canyon Mm, and yes yes all the way at the end there's like 
this weird underground area with all these destroyed guardians and at the very back of it there's a shrine and just that whole thing is just when you when i found it the first time i was like amazed by how special it felt and it felt like i had stumbled across something it literally sure. just whatever whatever the magic they did made it feel like i was stumbling across something that literally nobody had ever seen before you know um yeah i mean it's like oh, i think you mentioned before you touched on like for example the music right it's pretty sparse in that game but it, it's just enough to get you you know emotionally invested but it doesn't mm-hmm. it's not necessarily like other zelda games where it's very in your face right mm-hmm. or in your ears i suppose you know you have that sort of you do kind of feel like you're alone in this world and you get really, really sucked into it. Yeah. Uh, and it, yeah. I, oh, go ahead. And it's amazing that they did that because I don't know if you remember people's complaints about Zelda games right up until this one came out was that there was too much tutorialization and they'd become too linear. Uh, like mm-hmm. I, I never played Skyward Sword, even though I had a Wii. Um, mm-hmm. Because I had heard that this was the 3D Zelda that people really didn't like. And the reason mm. was that it was it was constantly tutorialized that every yeah. it's every moment it's telling you what to do. And this is a thing people used to say about Nintendo games all the time that they overdid this. Um, and I think sure. maybe they pulled back on that a little bit. So part of the astonishing thing about the game is that, like, where did this come from? Like, how did they figure this out? Uh, like the turnaround of Nintendo, I can't talk about enough. I'm so invested in Nintendo. Like, I really grew up with Nintendo. Um, oh yes, yes, me too. And and I, it's like part of my identity. Like the same way people are like, I just love this sports team until I die because it's like part of who I am. Like that's who I. That's how I feel about Nintendo. I used to joke that like in the Wii U years, I was like, if Nintendo just started sending me fundraising emails, like, hey, chip in <laughs> twenty bucks to make sure Nintendo's still around, I would do it. Um, yeah, I was yeah, terrified yeah, yeah. they were going to get bought by Disney or something, and that's what people said mm. were saying was going to happen. They saved the company. You know, the Switch and the new Zelda together saved mm-hmm. the company. And sure. how did they how did they do it after like years in the wilderness? What happened internally there? You know, I heard a little bit of talk about a new young, younger team of developers sort of took over. There's a generational shift that happens uh, mm-hmm. that happened that that is responsible for it. And I think that must be true to some extent. But it's. You know, it's kind of a bummer that Nintendo is such they're so secretive about what happens uh, inside closed doors there, sure. because I'm like so curious to know what what brought about this sea change, because if you look at that game, it's if you look at Zelda uh, Breath of the Wild, it is a game that mm-hmm. only Nintendo could make. But it also wasn't clear until that game came out that it was the kind of game that Nintendo could make. Right. It, it, it's uh, I, I don't know. It's such a weird. I would company. say even even Odyssey borrows some elements. I think as well, even though Odyssey is in the vein of like a sixty Mario sixty four or mm-hmm. a Sunshine. Even that has a lot of like more of a sense of discovery that even then that yeah. is parallel to uh, Breath of the Wild. In yeah, absolutely. And they both also have this really incredible. And I haven't seen enough conversation about this enough people comment on this they have a really incredible design principle that's perfect for the switch where they clearly were like okay how are people going to use the switch let's design the game to fit that because both of them have all these tiny little goals you know Mm -hmm. so like you can you know the great thing about odyssey is you know i used to have it while i was traveling a lot you know and, and when you're traveling you're like i got 15 minutes to kill what do i do you know 
Um, oh, I'll just boot up Odyssey and grab a couple moons, just like one or two sure. moons. And Zelda works the same way. Like the way I was playing it, I I was on when it came out. I was shooting my show, so I was on set a lot. And the Switch mm. is perfect for being on set. But I was like, I don't want to explore handheld. I want to do that on my big screen TV and like really immerse myself. Um, so what I would do is I would explore at home on the big screen TV, and then I would find shrines but not complete them. And then when I was on set, like on my half hour lunch break, I'd be like, time to knock out a couple shrines. I can warp right to the shrine and do it and get my little, you know, my little achievement uh, and feel like I accomplished something and not like, you know, uh, explore, you know, the new, the beautiful new area and waste that on the small screen was how I felt. And so like that. Like there was clearly some conversation that those two teams were having. Let's have lots of little goals that are mm. still interesting and delightful. Um, the and the whimsy in Odyssey. It's like oh, you know, the Odyssey has a lot of moons that are not fun to get. Uh, but <laughs> true, they're, yeah, they're, right. I mean, I I recently jumped in. I was like, maybe I should try to complete this game and get all the moons. And then I did a couple. I was like, I don't. The number of times you gotta fucking do the bound ball race. I'm ranting now, but. You no, know, no, yeah, that was bad. The jump rope is bad. The yeah, volleyball. I, uh, I, I did get all the moons. Uh, you did, and I did, uh, and it was uh, a lot. Congratulations. Um, there were there are definitely a handful of activities in that one. Not as bad as say there were some really bad ones in like the Galaxy games, uh, and I love the Galaxy games. But oh uh, yeah, Odyssey I... had a few real real tough ones yeah bound ball i like i don't know why i was like let me play some more odyssey before the 3d all-stars collection came out and i mm. for some reason i was like i want to do these bound ball ones and there were just more and more of them. every time i completed <laughs> one they're not fun they're hard in a weird way like it's hard to figure out what you're doing wrong because you're sure. like for people who don't know you like turn into a big ball and you and it's like a race and races and I don't know, Mario, Mario 3D games always have races. They're never fun. You turn to a ball and you have to press B every time you hit the ground. You're like bouncing like a basketball. Mm-hmm. But yeah. you also have to like the angle that you hit. Like if you're if you hit the wrong part of the course, you'll bounce in the wrong direction because you'll bounce like backwards. Like your momentum will be wrong. You need to always hit the right spot. And so it's basically it's you have to press B a lot. It's very frustrating. And it's hard to figure out exactly what you're doing wrong that's causing you to lose. Um, so you just do mm-hmm. it over and over again and bang your head against the wall. And yeah, I did these and I was like, why am I doing this? This is not fun. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I actually, it's interesting because my memory of Mario Galaxy was so positive. I was always like, this is my favorite 3D Mario game. Mm-hmm. Um, I played it when it came out. And then I played Mario Galaxy 2 when it came out a couple years later. I know that there are people who like Mario Galaxy 2 better. I was always like, I like Mario Galaxy 1 better, but I think it's because of my first experience with it. I couldn't really compare. Um, mm, okay, okay. But when All-Stars came out, I was like, great, I'm going to play Mario Galaxy again. It's been a long time. Can't wait to play this game again. And I was surprised. I did not like it. <laughs> like, At all? Well, the the thing with the... It was one of those games when I played it on the Wii initially. The whole, you know... Um, uh, the tiny planet thing it was sure, was sure. marvelous and like you know you're zipping around you're blasting through the stars it's got like this wonderful music and mm-hmm. you know the highs are still that good when I'm playing yeah, when yeah, I'm yeah. playing it but I forgot how much boring bullshit is in that game 
Like <laughs> there th- really is. There's yeah. so many times where you just like racing a ghost or whatever. And you're yeah, not racing ghosts or collecting garbage or yeah, fucking, yeah like, like r- riding a Loch Ness monster. Yeah. 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 And like two thirds, the levels at least are not Mario Galaxy levels. They're not mm-hmm. you on tiny planets playing with gravity or, you know, those sorts of things. They're just like regular platforming or they're you're doing some fucking race or there's this obsession with alternate control schemes. There's like the one sure. where you're you're on top of a ball. I was and, just about to say, Ball yeah. Mario sucks. Yeah, oh, it really man. sucks. It's like you're on top of a ball and you're you suddenly have to use the Switch Joy-Con or the Wiimote, depending on what platform, as like a little balance thing and like turn it slightly up or down. And Mario's like, and it doesn't work. It doesn't work <laughs> very all. well, and it's not yeah. fun, and it's like very stilted movement. And you're like, what? This was not. This is not a galaxy. <laughs> This is not what it says on the tin, sir. Why is this in here? And there's so much of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like Galaxy. um, Again, I love I'm I mean, you you were saying earlier that Nintendo is part of your is part of your identity. Uh, I mean, I can agree because uh, I grew up like my early stages on the Internet. uh, I spent writing Mario fan fiction <laughs> and I was part of a Mario fan fiction community and I met my current like my wife I met her in that community wow like, like what 15 some years ago or something what a so, beautiful story so, so and and like uh uh th- some of the friends from that community I am still to this day like I just played games with them yesterday like I like long lifelong friends from that from that community. Wow. So Mario, I would say, is a is Mario. I mean, Nintendo in general, Mario especially, is a very very big part of my life. So I could just talk about Mario shit forever. Uh, but yeah, with Galaxy, um, as much as I love those those games, uh, I feel like the ratio though in Odyssey from fun stuff to not fun stuff is. Higher, a higher ratio in Odyssey. I would agree, and it doesn't force you to do it. Like in in Galaxy, it's like you need to do that fucking ball level in order to unlock more levels. You can't avoid it. Um, and uh, it does not like that in Odyssey. Odyssey is like there's so many moons. You're just swimming in moons. Do the moons you like. You're gonna earn them basically no matter what you do. You're gonna wander around and trip over a moon. Just right. If you enjoy it, do it. You'll get a moon out of it, and you'll get enough moons to to win the game. Uh, and and the design is really nice. You know, the music's really good. One thing about Mario Galaxy also, the music, the, the good music is as good as I remembered it. There's a lot of bad music in it, too. I didn't realize this. That was bad a, music, really. What, what, what's an example of bad music? I can't, I can't, like, pull an actual one out of the hat, mm, but, but sometimes okay. I'm just listening. I'm like, wait, what I liked about Galaxy was it was the beginning of, of Nintendo adopting this very orchestral style sure. to their game music. And actually, if you listen to like Mario Kart, for instance, the, the Mario Kart 8 is Mario like a Kart really great, a great exa- soundtrack. Great yeah. soundtrack. And it's big band jazz, right? Mm-hmm. That's the soundtrack. But yet, it sounds like video game music. That's the really cool thing about it is that it's still mm-hmm. video. It's still recognizably video game music while also being like this. This bigger, better version, you know, this this really well produced thing. Like they don't, they're not having to do eight bit music, you know, chip tunes. Yet it still sure. kind of sounds like it's part of that tradition, and that's really wonderful. Um, and 
uh, Odyssey's music is the same way. Uh, Galaxy's you, music. Oh, go ahead. Just not all the tracks work that way. You know, some of them mm. do. Like the main one. Like, da, 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 da. That song is incredible. But then yeah. only a third of the levels have music that good. That's my that's my point. What were you there are say? some very video gamey songs in that game. I do remember. I was gonna say though, uh, with Mario games that have great soundtracks, I'm sure you played it. But did you get into 3D World at all? I loved 3D World. I don't remember the soundtrack particularly. Um, oh, okay. That one has a pretty strong soundtrack too. I think and. I mean, I that's one of my actual personal favorites. Is oh, yeah. World. I think that one's underrated. In terms of... Incredibly uh, special game, yeah. Fun ratio, almost all of the game is tremendously fun. There's... it. I tend to like that sort of compact... Uh, here are the levels. These are fun. You don't have to do stupid minigames all the time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there are annoying things... Well, not even annoying, maybe challenging, but, you know, frustrating things anyway in that game. But, uh, like, as a complete package of, like, what you like about Mario, that game is incredible to me. Yeah, it's uh, what it's what it's, it says on the tin. I'm glad it's finally being brought to Switch. Yes. Uh, and not stuck on the Wii U. Because, you know, <laughs> as much as I love Nintendo, oh, the Wii U, there were a lot of things I was not a big fan of but the games on it were so good oh yeah i mean i got and my I'm, wii u i'm so I'm, glad they're getting ported to switch i'm sitting in the room with my wii u right now and yeah you know i i don't it's not plugged in but it's on my console shelf um and mm. yeah i loved the games on that console and i and it was worth the the purchase price you know um, oh yes i agree. that yeah. and and uh, uh pikmin 3 an incredibly underappreciated game mm. I, I have you played pikmin 3 no, I actually have not played any of the Pikmin. Oh, yet. it's so good. Yeah, um, no, I, I it, definitely need to play those. So, so there is a demo on Switch, and so mm. I recommend getting it. The Pikmin games are, you know, I believe that, you know. First of all, this is, Pikmin games. One thing people need to realize: this is a Shigeru Miyamoto game, like through and through. Mm. Um, mm. And uh, it, you can feel it. It's like very weird and specific in his very specific way but the games are so much fun they are so satisfying and they are also so there's a there's a true strangeness to them um because you're sure. you're this little astronaut you're basically on earth you're these cute little mm -hmm. astronauts you find these little creatures called pikmin which you uh use assemble into a little army to do things for you um like a little non-violent well or semi-non-violent uh real-time strategy game um, mm -hmm. and you get them to collect pieces of fruit. It is really hard to describe, man. You just got, you just got. Oh no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with Pikmin. I just have not, it, I own, I think the first one on this. <laughs> so this is how bad I am with like, oh, I'm going to play this eventually. I think I have the first one on GameCube because mm -hmm. at one point I just saw it used. I was like, I'm, I need to play Pikmin. Uh, and, uh, now I think there are like two remakes of it or something on like at least Wii and maybe like is there one on switch now probably i don't know but pikmin, pikmin I, 3 is a, i don't know if they ever actually don't know about pikmin 1 remakes i played pikmin 1 there and, was a, there there was one on switch i believe at least pikmin 2 mm. there were pikmin cuz they had the Wii whole Wii controls i do know that for mm. sure um but i believe i still have uh the gamecube one cuz i still have my Wii uh uh, I because I can't not play GameCube games. Although I mean, 
my dream is that they eventually start bringing a bunch of the GameCube games to Switch. Like, uh, I don't know if you ever gotten to like Paper Mario, The Thousand Year Door. You know, or... I never played The Thousand Year Door, and I was thinking oh. about playing it. And I do have a, I'm also sitting in a room with my GameCube and my Wii, and I, or I could emulate. Um, mm. And I have, I have thought about, I have thought about it. There is a period of games that I've thought about going back to um, that period where I missed some games. Uh, I missed Paper Mario, Thousand Year Door. Um, I loved Super Mario RPG when I played that on Super Nintendo when I was a kid. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but, uh, there's that. And then I never played Metal Gear Solid two or three. And I know people really love mm. those games. And I was trying to scheme how I could play those. I don't have a PlayStation two, but I was like, oh, I think they made a, a PlayStation three version. I could maybe play it on my PlayStation three. Yeah. I think they've definitely come up with a couple like collections by yeah. this point. But what, um, so, I, I, I want to ask you about Mario. Um, yeah, because, what's up? Because Mario, <laughs> yeah, yeah, what's up? Um, so when you say, because here's the interesting thing, I, I, I grew up with Mario too in a really deep way, mm-hmm. and the weird thing is, I would not describe myself as like loving Mario in the same way that I wouldn't describe myself as loving a glass of water. You know, like mm. I mm. Mario is just part of my life has always been around. I've played so many Mario games. I know everything about Mario. <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> like I'm okay. Conversant in the Mario lore. But I'm but I would not describe myself as like a Mario fan and I think that's interesting to me because he's the Mario series is just such a like a baseline of video game experience. Mm. That I don't mm. have the same, you know, like I have these much more specific emotional connections to the Zelda games and to mm. uh, like the Metroid games, for instance. Um, and I don't feel the same way about Mario. And I'm curious uh, how if you could talk a little bit more about your feelings about Mario. Absolutely. I think what started with Mario for me was reading the manuals, right? Mm-hmm. Reading the manuals, reading all the enemy descriptions. I'm sure you probably... Also oh yeah, in, you know, did that as well. And then I think, did you play the first Paper Mario? Uh on I Nintendo sixty four. No, I don't think I did. Possibly a rental, but I remember like I don't. No, I've not really played it. That game is one of my favorite games of all time. Mm. Uh, I, the first two Paper Marios to me are just absolute gems, and I like Mario RPG a lot too. Um, but I think those games are better. Um, and in terms of like, I think, (laughs) I, you know, part of me doesn't really understand why I latched on to, let's say the quote unquote lore of Mario so hard because Nintendo doesn't give a shit about the continuity of Mario games. No, They're always, they're always constantly just like, ah, here's a new thing. Here's a new thing. I remember when when Mario Sunshine came out and my big, my problems with that game, and I'm not a Mario Sunshine hater, but I I Mm. remember distinctly putting in Mario Sunshine. And the opening scene is they're on a plane. They're flying yeah. on a plane on vacation. And I'm like, and I remember being really strongly, there are planes in the Mushroom mm. Kingdom? Like, they went to the airport? <laughs> like, yeah. I thought they got around by pipes. What? I, well, I, I mean, there are, there are trains, there are, there yeah. are cars. They, yeah, they're yeah, not yeah. on an airship, right? That's the form of air transportation I'm familiar <laughs> with from Mario games. What's with this? Boeing 747 that is suddenly in the Mushroom Kingdom world. And it's just like, yeah, this exists. They're going on vacation to an island. It's like very whatever they wanted to be at any time. And that's one of the strengths of Mario 
Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it sometimes creates a little bit of like discontinuity in your head. Now, I would argue that <laughs> airships are probably more suited for battle or warfare because only the Koopalings uh, use them uh, in Mario 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, as transportation, True. Uh, I don't believe I don't believe there are other instances of airships being used for they're ex- public transportation. They're exclusively a Koopa technology. I'm not. I don't. <laughs> I I'm just saying we don't see Princess Peach ever or Toads ever. Oh shit! You have. We are getting into some fanfic territory. <laughs> Nitty gritty. Oh, I mean, this is the level. The level of. Uh, I don't know what it is, man, but it's something. I think just because it has such a vibrant universe, right? Of so yeah. like the enemy designs, everyone knows like Goombas, Koopas, you know, at least, right? Yeah. Because they're such iconic, fun designs, and everyone can accept. Oh yes, pipes you go in, question blocks you hit. It's something that is so, I don't know, unique and yet so universally accepted. And so it's something where I guess as a kid it was like, well. How would, well, what is the economy like in a world where you can get coins from boxes? What are like the rules of this world? Because obviously the games don't focus on that. Well, that's not true. Paper Mario uh, and Thousand Year Door have really good world building, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of the best writing, I think, in any of the Mario games, period. Um, a lot of personality, a lot of really great written characters. And I think Paper Mario was a huge influence for me as a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, seeing like these really fun characters and designs and concepts that I grew up with loving on, you know, NES, SNES, and then seeing them implemented in and Mario RPG. I did play as a kid, but I never owned it. So mm. I mean, I'm sure if I had owned that one, that would have been the spark of like uh, all of this. But Paper Mario was the one that I fully owned as a kid played like you know five six times in a row uh and getting to see all of those elements sort of together in this cohesive really well-written fun story and universe to me i was like oh that this is what can be done with like mario the stuff that i love and that's probably what launched me towards <laughs> uh the the fanfic route and that sort of thing <laughs> like all oh, these characters can have interiority they can have a narrative exactly yeah and you know the, it's some you're, you're just so used to seeing bowser as just like this thing that jumps up on a bridge but in mario rpg and paper mario he is he's rippling with personality yeah know, and has great dialogue so yeah definitely those games were a huge factor in my and my it still goes on to this day like <laughs> the uh the my my obsession with with Mario stuff like we even do uh some friends and I have been doing like we'll hold we'll hold trivia nights right mm. where the the theme will be like let's say Mario or uh someone <laughs> Luigi <Zelda> perhaps <laughs> <laughs> Luigi Bowser or, or but it was someone that is Zelda trivia somebody mm-hmm. did uh and uh one of my friends came up with the system where there's even like items involved. You can unlock items and use them to interfere with other people's points and things ah, like that. Wonderful. And it's on un- it's sort of unleashed this huge wave of creativity amongst the rest of us where I developed my own item system with the Mario trivia and you know, my friend who did the Zelda trivia, he was like he had this whole system where you could like unlock items and then you could if you use the, the correct items and the correct bosses that kill them in the game, you get more points. It's just uh that sort of 
And I feel like COVID is what has allowed a lot of this to sort of resurge. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. like, we're stuck at home. Let's just go back to what is the most comforting for us and for a lot of us. I want to play this. This sounds great. Are you actually interested? Yeah, sure. I'll play. (laughs) I want to play Mario trivia. I used to, like, me and a friend of mine, uh, we were, like, Mm. hanging out and a hot tub i don't know why i remember a hot tub uh, me and one of sure, me, sure. me and murph from college humor um we were like on a you know we had gotten like uh, a couple of us had gotten like a, a weekend cabin and we were in a hot tub and we we were like oh yeah we both know a lot about mario just like i think the thing for me is it's just part of the furniture of my life like i just sure. know this stuff and it's sure. just part of it's just part of who i am it's just like a basic knowledge and so we Came up with a game where I forget which of us came up with it, but uh, w- one of us had to name a Mario character, and the other person had to name the first appearance of the character, um, and Ooh, like which which game they first appeared in, and we were unable to stump each other. <laughs> like both of us, wow. both of us knew. Like I bet I'm sure you, I- I'm sure I couldn't stump you either. Like for instance, Chain Chomp, first appearance of Chain Chomp. That would be Mario Three. Correct. Absolutely yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. Um, how about how about let's why don't we swap? Because I'll ask you just general trivia. How about that? Sounds great. And you and you toss me. You can toss me whatever you want back. Okay. Just just and this is not me trying to be like gatekeepy or weird. I'm just like I just genuinely want to know like like how are you as sad as I am? <laughs> like, no, this is my te- like, this is my test to see if I get invited to trivia night and I embrace it. <laughs> so challenge okay, me, sir. So, and again, I don't. I okay. Here's here's an example. Uh, in in Super Mario Land, mm-hmm. first off, do you remember the princess's name? Uh oh, wait. Um, is it Daisy? It is Daisy. Okay, is Daisy. good. Oh, I was but worried. Here's, but here, I was I yeah. was psyching myself out where I thought maybe it was too complicated. But okay, yes, of course. Second question then. What kingdom does she rule? Uh, I believe it's Sarasa Land. Oh my God, you absolutely know it. Okay, so that's like <laughs> for me, that's like basic. Like, oh, okay. Oh, you are a fucking Mario nerd. I barely even played that game, and I know that one. Yeah, yeah, like for for me, like for my for the the OG fanfic crew. Which, by the way, that's a lot of those guys are the ones that were were playing the Mario trivia, but um. I, I do take oh god now I'm getting into the Mario trivia shit. I take pride in the fact that the Mario trivia that we've assembled and the sort of rule system and the item system we've created is is fun for everyone. Mm-hmm. It's fun for hardcore fans, but it's also actually really fun for people who even don't or have a basic knowledge or don't even know Mario that well. So I will say the Princess Daisy Sarasa Land for the hardcore Mario heads is like yeah yeah that's basic yeah, oh yeah of that's course basic knowledge. But, you know, I don't expect anyone to know that. (laughs) I don't expect the average. The average person is not going to know that Princess Daisy is the ruler of Sarasa Land in Super Mario Land. But the fact that you. Okay. Hit me. Hit me with something else. Oh, okay. Oh, well, geez. And it's it's, it's also it's also interesting because uh, uh, there are there are friends of mine who have really specific knowledge of like, let's say. 8-bit, 16-bit Marios, mm-hmm. right? That's so they know like so I'm I may even be stumped with stuff like do you remember which Koopaling is in world like blank? I actually am not that good with that kind of stuff. 
all the lore stuff, I'm pretty strong on. But then I have friends who grew up with, like me, more... Well, I grew up with all of it, but some friends who only grew up with, like, GameCube onward. So they're more familiar with the RPGs, uh, the 3D Marios, and that sort of thing. So it's very interesting. And, and you, it seems like, has also have grown up with all of it. Yeah, uh, for the so. most part. I mean, I, I, yeah, I've played... I mean, I played these going back to my first two Mario games, which I got simultaneously were Mario, Super Mario Brothers and Super Mario Brothers 3. I had both of them at once. Mm -hmm. So that would have been, what, 91 or something like that. Um, Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe 90, actually. Uh, And so I've and I basically have played like mostly everything since for some reason, not the not the Paper Mario's that much, um, but Mm, most other things. Uh, so this you're gonna you get should this definitely go back and play them okay go ahead yeah, you're gonna yeah. get this easily but like the other the sure. next one that like you know murph tried to stump me with was like okay do you remember uh the first appearance of waluigi that would be mario tennis correct correct yes. because what wario needed a doubles partner <laughs> exactly uh a lot of people think it's mario party 3 which is another prominent game around the same time uh, that he's in, but it's actually Mario Tennis. Okay, okay. What's another... Mm, what's like a harder question than Sarasa Land? Uh, I mean, I should just have you on for fucking trivia night. Uh, I would love to. Let's like uh, I I will say like the questions I crafted for the trivia night. Uh, it was it's kind of fun because. There's so some of them are so esoteric that like not even the hardcore Mario. I'm like, have you played Mario DDR? Have you played like Super Mario Chess? Like, so I it's they're all, it's all multiple choice as well. This is um, this honestly is also one of the few things I get competitive about. I'm not naturally a competitive person, um, but yeah, like yeah, yeah. I, I actually was on a, uh, a trivia podcast, uh, uh, Dave Holmes's pr- trivia podcast uh, last year, and you know they ask you to choose mm. a subject you're an expert in, and I was like Mario trivia, and oh shit, and I was like, uh, uh, you know, I-, I was in the mode where they were asking me questions, and I was like. Pfft. And I would answer the question and then give more information than they had asked for. Like, like they were like, like I uh, just did with a, um, actually Waluigi was in Mario Party Three. Yeah, yeah, I did the exact same uh, thing. Like, yeah. like one of the questions they asked me were like, what was Mario's original name? And I was like, uh, Jumpman, oh obviously. My God. And uh, yeah. he was a carpenter at the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, do you know Pauline's original original name? Oh, I'm afraid I don't. Lady. Uh, lady. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yep. Just right. lady. Yep. Um, okay, here's here's another one. Again, this one's, uh, I think, on the same same level as, like, this. No, this one might be even a little easier. Uh, who's in Mario 2? I'm talking the, not uh, Lost Levels. Uh, who is the, the main bad guy? Uh, Wart is the main bad guy. Right, and what is the land that he has uh, taken control of? Um. Oh. Oh. Um. Oh fuck! Hold on, I know it. Uh, <laughs> it is. Uh, it's sub something. It's sub, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking of all these other subs in my life. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's sub. Give me half credit for knowing it. Sub something. No. 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 No, you know that you are absolutely, absolutely gonna have credit. Can you land? Can you nail the landing though? Sub, uh, subcon. Subcon. Yes. Yeah, subcon. Because okay. it's subconscious. Okay. 
Yeah, there you go. Uh, you got another one for me? Any any other ones that you so thought? So funny. You, all uh, these lands. All these different yeah. lands. A lot of lands. A lot of, yeah. Uh, were there any trivia questions they gave you or that your friend gave you that were particularly tricky? I can't remember any because it was now it was now a while ago. Um, mm, okay, okay. Uh, I think at the trivia, I think at the uh, Dave Holmes's podcast, they gave me one of those questions where, where like they said I got it wrong, and I was like, "No, I didn't." Because <laughs> I you know remember what that you. what the question was. Uh, I don't remember what it was. It's just my oh, okay. Of it. Yeah, uh, gotcha. And it was pretty cool. They they brought out uh, the author of a book about Mario. Um, oh whose, wow, whose name I'm forgetting. As like to ask me like a you know the the extra tough question kind of thing. Um, sure. Uh, it was uh, pretty great. Um, no, that's uh, that's the most. Uh, let's see. Can I think? Can I come up with a good trivia question for you? Uh, Meanwhile, I'll also try to come up with one last. Like, can I just name describe an enemy, and you can you tell me the name? Yeah, that would be great. An interesting one. There's a little bird on a, a carpet in Mario Two. You, you know, you you can pick them up and throw them off mm-hmm. the carpet. And you can fly the carpet. Do you know the name of that enemy? Ooh, I'm just gonna guess. Sure, I'm gonna guess it's it's not Sniffit. Sniffit are the guys with the masks that shoot the balls at you. So I I yes. don't know the name of the enemy. No, uh, Pidget. 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 Is, Pidget. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Let's see if you can get these all at once. Because sure. I I knew that this is not gonna be hard for you. But um, uh, we'll see. We'll see. There's a there's a uh power up in Mario Brothers three. Only appears mm. in a single level. What is its name? What is what level does it appear in? And why Ooh. does it have the strange name that it has in the version of the game that we know? This is this is the kind of stuff I actually am not good at. Oh, but really? Yes, because I haven't beaten Mario three. You haven't beaten Mario three? <laughs> I haven't beaten Mario three. Mo- no, I've most beaten Mario. Most people's best game, best Mario game ever, I think, is Mario 3. Oh, no, no. I love Mario 3, but I have not beaten it. I have beaten Mario 2. I've beaten Mario World Completion. 3 is just this, oh, this one. Like, I know everything about 3. <laughs> the really interesting, well, then you should know this. But the interesting thing about 3 is, like, it was this early thing which the warp zones did too in uh in Mario 1 but they had this thing of putting secrets in the game and then telling you about the secrets simultaneously like so it was immediately mm-hmm. on like you know like school kid whisper net um yeah, yeah. and they did that in Mario 1 with the warp zones but it was even more intense with like the warp whistle right oh and, yeah, yeah yeah and so basically really fascinatingly giving you a way to beat the game within like half an hour <laughs> right mm-hmm. like not too hard but you could skip right. the whole game. And then it was weirdly every other level of the game was like a bonus level as a result. So it's I have a weird mm. experience with it where like I know the very beginning and the very end very well. That's uh, my experience with it. Yes. <laughs> so when I say I haven't beaten it, actually, I have not actually beaten the final levels, but I always got the warp whistles, the one in, in level three and the one in Boom Boom's Castle. Mm-hmm. And so I would just skip the middle because like, yeah, I got the warp whistles like. Uh, so I have not actually really gone through and played all the levels. So did I actually stump you? Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm not gonna be able to name the level, 
Okay. What were the other parts of the question? You, it was, the, its, uh, na- it was s- its, its name, the level. And by the way, I was like, do I remember the level? And I just looked it up and I did, in fact, remember the level. Um, so I'm proud of myself. Uh, so I, I My asked myself s- a trivia question that I was able to answer. <laughs> and, um, this, so it's and, and one what, level and what's a power up? It's a power up. It's in one level. What is the level? And what is the name of the power up? And why does it have that name? Do you know why it has that name for bonus points? I think that last part is a clue. Now, let me ask you this. Is this one that actually transforms Mario? I don't think it is, right? I I or would maybe, argue maybe, it, maybe. Is a, it is a transform. I would argue it's a transformation as much as most of the other ones. Is it Karibo's shoe? It is Karibo's shoe. And and I would say it's, you know, you, you are in a big shoe and then when you get hit, you lose the shoe. The animation is True. different. But I think it's a transformation as much as the... As much as the Tanuki tail and the um, yeah platform. yeah, Kuribo shoe. It's because Kuribo is Japanese for Goomba. Uh, yes. Oh, is that? Oh, yes, that's right. Okay, I was like, is that not right? <laughs> I, I believe, and, and well, and they just didn't translate it or whatever. I think it might be mangled as well in some way. I'm not sure. Um, probably, but or they just left it because it sounded mystical, <laughs> I guess. But. Yeah, Karibo's shoe. I know I know the power up because I know it, but I have not actually used it. And it is uh, in is in level 53. Um that, uh, okay. that, that I mean yeah. that's not particularly revelatory, but for me, you know, the idea that there was this one power up that's only in this one level and you never mm-hmm. see it again gave yeah. like that level like this weird mystical quality to me as a kid, you know, that like there's this mm-hmm. there's this special thing um, that's in this level that you never you never find again. Um, and I don't know, like the thing about part of what makes Nintendo so powerful, I've talked about this in other podcasts, but I'll talk about it anytime is is uh, and then I have to go because I actually have to put some bread in the oven because okay, it's sure, sure, my sure. other hobby. Uh, but what the way that they like bring things back is so profound, being that my identity was built mm. on Nintendo. When they bring things back, it like cuts to the core of me in this really direct way. Like when they yes. do something like, for instance, a couple years ago now, about five years ago now, when they put Duck Hunt Dog in yeah. Smash Brothers, I was like, like li- literally, I my my feeling was they remembered, you know, like <laughs> like it, it made me emotional. Like this experience I had a kid as a kid of playing. You know, I had the Mario Duck Hunt cartridge and we would play the Duck Hunt version and the dog was so memorable and everyone would try to shoot the dog and you couldn't shoot the dog. And it was just part of my life. And then what? 20, 25 years went by with never another mention of this Duck Hunt dog from them. You know, just this little bit of this little bit of marginalia, a little bit of ephemera from this game that that Nintendo appears to have forgotten about. But I remember it as like part of my childhood. And then here it is again for you. We did, in fact, remember. Here it is. And guess what? One of the wonderful things about Smash Brothers, the character designs in that game look so much like the goddamn characters. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, yeah. like Mega Man in this game, in that game, was like the most Mega Man-looking fucking Mega Man I've ever seen. The most Mega you know Man-ass Mega Man. Just like, that is Mega Man. <laughs> you know? That's all Sakurai. That's all Masahiro Sakurai. He is a just Heath. 
every detail of the characters he will capture down to their essence it's amazing it's it's like perfect and you know it's nice to have variations on the characters you know for for Mm. other versions like i love another thing that that did this for me was in super mario 3d world i don't know if you remember this there's little portraits for the characters like when you choose whether you want to be mario Mm -hmm. or luigi or peach and for some reason they chose a mario design that they had like a 2D graphical Mario design that they had used mm. last in like Mario Brothers 3 time, like in the 90s, where he had like mm. a like a sort of, you know, he was uh, drawing, you know, a cartoon Mario where he had like a blue irises that were very prominent. That is, it's a uh, Yoichi Kotabe style. Okay. Yep. Wow. Mm-hmm. You, okay. So this is, <laughs> I'm not going to yep, do that well yep. on, on trivia night, but because <laughs> I don't know that. Now I'm going to look that up. Um, yeah. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. that style to me was like, that's the one when I see that, I'm like, oh, it hits me. And mm-hmm. just they decide someone there decided, let's put that in the game, you know, um, in yes. in this in a way that uh, means nothing to most people means a lot to me or in Mario Odyssey, the way they brought back so many traditional Mario costumes from different ads and different. I mean, Pauline y- in general was a big that was a big deal for me. I I, I completely agree, but that's the big that's the big one, right? It's the yeah, little stuff yeah. that matters more. It's like, hey, true, Mario's true. gonna be a chef like in Yoshi's Cookie, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, or they brought back uh, like uh, the little the Goombas from Super Mario World, right? Or like you know the little round ones, or charging mm-hmm. chucks, the, the throwing the baseballs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And and then you know in Mario Maker. To finally, like, when when in Mario Maker 2, they were like, guess what? We added the sun from Mario mm. 3. And I was yep. like, oh, I am fucking in. You guys put the sun in? Like, a, a, a an enemy from one single level of Mario 3 is in this game? Thank yeah. you. That means so much to me. <laughs> wow. No, no I, I 100% agree. And I could go on and on and on and on, like... For example, the Koopalings, when the Koopalings came back, that was a big deal. Yeah, but uh, they're the fucking, I'm pissed off about this. How come they're not the Koopa kids anymore? That's bullshit. You know, I yeah, ne- canonically, they're not his children anymore. I know, and I never liked Bowser Jr. Bowser Jr. is the scrappy do of the yeah. Mario universe. <laughs> Dislike the character. And when I saw Bowser Jr. the first time, it was like, hi, I'm Bowser's kid. I'm like, Bowser's got fucking kids. The Koopa kids. <laughs> what are you talking about? Where are the Koopa kids? Who is this child of a second marriage fucking half brother I've never met before? Where's Wendy O and Lemmy, you know? True. No, no, I used to feel that way. Did you play Mario and Rabbids? I did. I did play some. At first I was revolted by it and then I came to really like it. Yeah. I love that game. But he endeared himself to me in that game, I think. But, uh. Yeah, I mean, again, we we could go on and on, but uh, well, here's the last I, here's, I, the, here's the last yeah. thing I want to say, and and, and just yeah, I want to say up? I agree with this criticism of, of Mario because um, of Nintendo because one of the problems they they are wonderful at putting the stuff back in these little nods and selling it back to you, you know sure, what what sure. they're bad at is actually curating their own history in a in a more mm. meaningful way, um, and yes. so there was the complaint that I read I first heard from Patrick Klepek advice and Waypoint. Um, that, you know, when when Mario 3D All-Stars came out, it was a really tepid remake. Um, sure. And also, compared to, compared to what you would get with a movie, right? Say you buy a Blu-ray of a classic film. What do they have mm-hmm. on there? They've got a documentary about the making of the movie. They've got interviews with the directors and the cast. They've got, a, they've got audio commentary, you know? They've got all mm-hmm. this stuff that, like, puts it in its historical context. 
And Nintendo, for some reason, never does that. They never want to tell you anything about how they made it. Um, sure. And, and when you do get a glimpse, it's shocking. Like one of the mom, I really this shocked me so much. This happened almost ten years ago now. But um, mm. I, I went to the Nintendo store in New York City uh, where, when I lived there, and I went. Uh, uh, there was some sort of retrospective. It was some anniversary of some kind. I forget what year. Um, but mm. they, you know, they were selling all the all the you know toys and all the plush and everything. But there was like this little exhibit in the back of the store on the second floor in the back. And I went and looked, and what they had there under glass, there was nobody else around, was mm-hmm. the original graph paper that um, Shigeru Miyamoto used to design, I believe, World One Two of Super wow. Mario Bros. It was like a piece of graph paper with like, here's where the question blocks are, da, da 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 like from the archives. And I I saw it and I looked around going like, what the fuck is this doing here? Why does no, why is nobody, why are, why are people not crowded around this taking photographs? Sure. Why isn't there a velvet rope? We're like looking at the, one of the original copies of the fucking constitution of video games here. Um, right. And it was just like, ah, here it is. <laughs> you know, we just sort of slapped it up here and then it, and then it's like, back to the archives and i was like what is going on with this why why do they not have the ability i mean like that was like something that for some reason they put out there but but it's shocking because they almost never do that you know they almost never mm. never will let you behind the curtain my friend mike drucker used to work at uh, uh nintendo um he's, he's mm. a comedian and he said that there's like a museum in redmond washington full of like you know wonderful things like that but that only employees can go to the museum <laughs> Wow. <laughs> that like is oh, not open shit. to the public. And I'm like, yeah, where where is the museum? Like I went to, you know, uh I went to Japan a few years ago. Uh a wonderful trip, had a great time. Where's the Nintendo Museum in Kyoto? Like it doesn't yeah, exist. Yeah. Why not? Like their headquarters, you can go look at the headquarters, it's just a white building. There's nothing to see. Where's the wh- where is the the appreciation of you know, the legacy of the art form. They could be doing so much in that regard. Um, very secretive. Like, I mean, you saw those those SNES leaks from, like, not that long yeah. ago, right? Like, that was crazy. Because yeah. Because we got to see so much material that would never would have been seen otherwise. And, and, the, and the, you know, the interesting thing, the commentary about that is that, well... We never it's bad for things to be I, I would agree. I'd rather things not be leaked in that way. I would rather sure, they come out sure. through. I'd rather be, they be curated. I'd rather yes. the, the people who created them not have their old creative work, you know, dumped willy nilly out of the Internet. But that it goes through like an estate process of, you know, here's the you know, like they do with a musician when, hey, let's release their studio recordings, you know. Let's right, let's right. release every every recording Miles Davis made of kind kind of blue. Okay, great. Well, we're going to get them together and we're going to remaster them and we're going to get a musicologist to write an intro and it's going to be approved by the estate and and all that sort of thing and then that's how we get that rather than just being dumped onto the internet. But also Nintendo won't do it themselves and mm. we we need it. We got to have it. Like it it, it 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 we don't need it, but it impoverishes <laughs> it impoverishes I need it. <laughs> it impoverishes the art form to not have it. Mm. It, it is bad for video games overall to not have it, or at least would be much better to have it because this is an art form and we need to generate that appreciation. And so the fact that they won't do it is very odd. And, uh, you know, when I talked to Drucker about it, I'm like, what, what's going on? He's like, yeah, I don't know. They're weird. Like, 
you know, he says sometimes people in, uh, you know, uh, Nintendo of America are frustrated, but it comes from Japan and like nobody really yeah. knows who needs to be convinced about this stuff. There's just some some block there that that we don't even really know how to diagnose. I feel like I get a sense it might be that they just don't they want you to only see the final perfect product and don't want to see, let's say, what quote unquote mess ups along the way. That's the impression I sort of get from it. Yeah. That they don't want they don't want you to see like like all the hard stuff that all like this didn't work, this didn't work, this didn't work. But that's uh, the creative process. We should be sharing that, you know? Yeah, um, no, it, I, I I agree with you hundred percent. It even gets down to a point where he was telling me, I forget what this was, but there was a product that, that was extremely supply constrained. People couldn't get it and they were mad about mm. it. I forget what it was, frankly. But it was like pretty mm -hmm. high profile. It was like Nintendo, pe people can't get these. Why didn't Nintendo make enough of them? People are angry because they can't get it. Um, and I asked Drucker, I was like, hey, what's up with this? And he said, oh, well, do you remember there was just an earthquake in uh, Japan like two months ago? Mm. It fucked up their mm. whole supply line. It was because of the earthquake. And I was like, oh, oh okay. why didn't they say that? <laughs> People mm. wouldn't be so mad. And he's like, I don't know. They won't say it. But that's what happened. And I'm like, well, they would not be getting excoriated in the press and on you know these communities by people saying, why do I have to pay, you know, double on the black market for this fucking amiibo or whatever it was. Uh, right, right. Anyway, uh, I, I also could talk about this forever, but I do have to go. Uh, this has been <laughs> no, wonderful. No, yeah. no, thank you so much. Like, this has been great. And uh, I would absolutely love to talk to you about not only video games, but even just Mario. I feel like we could do a whole hour, hour on Mario. Uh, we almost but have, but I could do an hour more easily, easily. Easily. I mean, listen, you've he you've heard the stuff I've been saying. Yoichiko Tabe. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, I could talk about this for I two hours. I got this up. Koichiko Tabe? Uh, Yoichi. Yoichi. Uh, and let me show Yeah, Yoichi Kotabe. Uh, he was the original uh, designer uh, from mm. the... from, And then so all that, that like classic cartoon style... Uh, he established that. Wow. Um, He's 84 now. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. So, he retired, oh, or not retired, but left Nintendo like a while ago. But so I think 3D World was probably them like emulating his style. I don't think, I don't know if it was actually taken, but you know, the iconic from the manuals and all that, that's him. Wow. Um, uh, it's amazing. Know. It's amazing when you finally learn these people's names. Like I finally learned. Like, I always knew Amano's name from Final Fantasy, you know, mm -hmm. but yeah. I finally I bought like, you know, the big art book collection they did of him um, for the Final Fantasy yeah. games. And mm -hmm. I was talking to a friend. And who's the other guy? Who is the guy after Amano? Ooh, the Kingdom, uh, Final Fantasy. The Kingdom Hearts uh, guy. Um, oh, uh, uh, fuck. Uh, why am I blanking? He's this it's Final Fantasy 7 guy. Uh, belts. He likes belts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Belts so, so yeah, 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 yeah. I, 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 so I realized that he took. Oh, Nomura. Nomura oh, yeah, that's right. yeah. took over from Amano um, at, you know, between Final Fantasy VI and Final Fantasy VII. And that's when I lost all my interest in Final Fantasy. Like mm. Final Fantasy VII, I was like, it was fine. That's how I felt at the time. It was not a big game mm -hmm. for me. And Final Fantasy VIII, I don't think I finished. And just from there, I was off. And I was like, oh, it was the character design. It was That was uh, so yeah. much of what it was. Um, and yeah, I mean, Amano kept working on some of the games. But like, you know, it was just, yeah, it was a different different vibe did you ever play nine he did the designs for nine amano did the designs for nine yeah oh i played i you know i nine is one that i did not play and i've always meant to play and now it's the question of do i still have patience for a final fantasy game which every time i've tried i don't 
as I hear the, the new quality of life improvements in the new, like the re-releases -re mm. help a lot. You can speed through a lot of it. Oh, I have to ask uh, you this last question. Did you like the yeah. new Mario, the new Paper Mario? I didn't play it. <laughs> wow. Uh, okay. I, I have a friend. Okay. So I have a friend who plays like everything Mario. So he, he said it was good. I have lost kind of my interest in Paper Mario a long time ago because they have, I hear Origami King is good. Maybe I probably won't play it, but okay. maybe maybe at some point. Maybe okay. I don't know. All right. Well, thanks so much for having me. No, yeah, thank you so much. This, uh, where can people find you? Oh, they can find me on uh, on at Adam Conover wherever you get your social media or Twitch or I'm on Twitch. I'm on TikTok. I'm on uh, about everything. All right. Well, thank you so much. This has been great. Thanks for having me, Sangwan.